From the kids to Aunt Sue. Keep your whole family connected on all their devices with crowd-pleasing gig-speed internet from Xfinity. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Learn more about gig-speed internet or other popular plans. With Xfinity, you'll enjoy faster downloads and a better streaming experience. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. The kind of old-fashioned cop who preferred working the streets and making arrests to taking tests toward promotion. He was the closest thing New York had to a dirty Harry. This is One Tough Podcast on the OG Podcast Network. Here's your host, Bo Deedle. Oh, First so of all, good to see you, Bo. Welcome to One Tough Podcast. I'm here, like always, with my man, Carlo. Hello. I never met him before. Well, he liked you. He, he followed you. Well, i got to tell you, he seemed very stable. And uh, although I, I want to tell all the viewers and folks, you have to understand this. I dare, I dare not read a certain person's thoughts in public. I'm only joking. <laughs> well, like you say, hold on a second. Now, my show, because we're not on TV. Yeah, we do, yeah, we do. Yeah. Now I have someone with me I know for many years, and I'm very excited to have him today, and I'm glad Carlo reached out to you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's a showbiz legend. I remember growing up as a kid. You are oh a little God. older than me. Little I used to watch Johnny. I love Johnny Carson. What Johnny Carson forgot, these new guys can never ever even you, you think said about. something you happen to say something very very significant because <laughs> it was a learning experience and you uh, you don't have that now in no broadcasting. and you want to know something when you turn on johnny carson it was similar you're a little too young for this it was like turning on cbs with walter cronkite that's right and when you watch you them, them it was like wow you watch the godfathers and the amazing creskin what wow. is your true proper name well, the the name legally now on my credit cards is T. A. Kreskin, and I I did a dumb thing, and you, you don't, I, I'm I'm not known for doing dumb things except when I'm alive. But at the <laughs> same time, I showed the credit card on a camera because they said it's T. A. Kreskin, Center it for the amazing Kreskin. Well, I forgot that people expanded the picture and got the code numbers and everything and I did <laughs> stupid me oh, wow. but but at the same time uh uh my uh, my original name was Kresge K R E S G E my my father like, like the five and ten except I, except I had no financial interest my father's family were, was from Poland ah. and I love Polish jokes did you already remember Kresge's call yeah. oh, Kresge's was the old five and ten the five Tremendous. and nine store yeah, they were, Big. but but as a as a young man, by, by the time I was in eighth grade or ninth grade, <clears throat> I thought, wait a minute, I'm going to uh, this is going to be my career. I want an original name, so the, I dropped <clears throat> dropped the G E, added K I N. K was for Keller, who was a famous mystery performer in vaudeville. I N were the last two letters of Houdin. And, uh, and there's some streets in, in France by, called Robert Audin. He was a mystery worker in the last century and a half ago. Another man took Udan, added I to it, and created the name Houdini. Really? So the Jewish same. man, Eric Weiss, changed the name. But I added I in, so it's Kreskin is the name. But I still use both names. And I, I, right, you know, forget I, about the names. Okay, yeah, let's I get gotta, down I gotta, to I gotta, the I got to tell, tell you something because you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, 
And by the way, folks, don't call anymore, please. I've been getting calls everywhere. Thank you. I'm, I survived. I've overcome the problem. But a few days ago at a place called, it's a, it's a woman's famous clothing store here in New York. They had a, a red event and they had me as the surprise guest and all the yeah. chairs. And so help me God. It's, it's a hundred, a, a thousand people knows. And I walk out of the place at night. I want, I said to my road manager, I got to get some fresh air. I, I performed. I did everything. I went outside. It's dark. They said, you got to come in here. There's a TV crew here. Please hurry in. I turned around. I did not know. It was a giant door, glass door that had closed. But when you look, you're seeing right through it. And I ran and crashed head face into the wow. door, landed on the ground when they brought the emergency squad. Wow. The Were you hurt? Yes. But um, uh, it's, it, this, it swelling has gone down. They were afraid the broken glass of my glasses went into my eyes. But oh, my it didn't. God. But to talk about some mentalists, all I can say is some mentalists, I didn't know this was going to happen. <laughs> you would have think I would have known better. Well, that's I'm, luck, what, I'm lucky to be here. I'm well, I, I, I heard you trip coming up. Well, yeah. I tripped There's coming a, up, too. So don't <laughs> think it's the amazing Gretzky. Bo almost fell on his face, too. I, I, you know, I, Bo, i got to say something to you because um, – my brother was a uh, in 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 the, in the Marines, and then he was a policeman in New Jersey for mm. eighteen years. And uh, I've gotten to know much about police work because I've been involved now in eighty-seven crime cases wow. all over the world. For and I'm not us. I'm not one of these psychics who looks into a crystal. I've tried looking into a crystal ball to get severe headaches. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been called and I've only been able to help on a third of the cases. I'm going to describe one or two of them. You'd find them interesting. But it has to do with memories. And but and, well, that's where I want to stop. I'm sorry, because I'm sorry. I want to put I'm a foundation. Because a lot of people have heard about you, don't know what you really yeah. are. Right. My friend, the amazing Kreskin is a mentalist, they call that. A but mentalist. Not a, not a psychic. Not a psychic. Not like the woman that I I threw out of when I had a, the Palm Sunday Massacre. In is Palm, did you say Palm Sunday Massacre? Yeah, in, no, Palm Sunday, Palm Sunday Massacre, 10 dead in Brooklyn. And I'll never forget, we had a bunch of leads, and then all of us, we ended up locking the scumbag up that killed the 10, including did, eight did children. You? Thank God. And I'll never forget, my lieutenant says, look, the borough wants you to go to interview this psychic woman. So all of a sudden, she's sitting in my office, uh, and then she says, give me some of the papers, some of the uh, DD-5s, that's the police reports. And she's reports. feeling she's feeling oh, it. Get on it. She puts it next to her head. She goes, she's feeling something. I listened to this for about 20 minutes, and I said, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Get the fuck out of here. And I cursed just like that. I went to my lieutenant. I said, I am not meeting with any of these psychopaths anymore. I'm going to find out who killed these 10 people, and I don't need her to help me because she don't know what. What the hell she say? That was my only involvement with psychics. But you're not a psychic. I'm a thought reader in the sense of this. Okay. Uh, if, if, uh, if people have seen me through the years, uh, if, uh, if someone in the audience, and my shows are two and a half, two hours or two and a half hours in length, and uh, as I told you, two and a half years ago, Bo, the airline industry has figured as of then, I have flown in my career a little over three and one half million miles. Wow. More than almost any pilot that they tell me on United when I get on, because I used to sit in the cockpit with the pilot, but they oh, wow. can't because of security. Anymore. Right. And they, they, when I come on, they say, Chris, the two of us combined haven't flown that many miles. But if in an audience or uh, someone, well, I had an, I got to tell you this quick, it's Riviera in Vegas. So I said, someone is thinking of these two names and these, this, Elderly man stood up and I said, uh, "How do you know these? Are they friends?" He says, "Kreskin, they're not. They're not 
uh, uh, friends, there are pets. We don't live here in Vegas, and there's some other part of the country. And I said, did you say to your wife, I wonder if you can tell me my army number? I wish we had a camera then, but it was a, it was a nightclub. It's a nightclub. He slams his fist down and says, God damn it. He says, we were eating at another restaurant where we're staying. And I said to my wife, I wonder if you can tell me my army serial number. The bottom line is, uh, I, uh, I, I said, just... Can you have you told anybody this? You can ask anybody, any man or woman in the service. They don't tell their friends or their wife or so forth because they never talk about the number. Right. I said, think of each digit one at a time. I gave him his exact army serial number, and he was in World War II. Wow. But had he not known it, I could not have done it. So So I. You were you were getting the feel of him images in his mind. Now wait, here this is important because again, you're 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 a great. Person, I, great no supernatural power. No supernatural. No, no, no. I want to understand. When did you first realize that you had this this talent, this I extra you, talent? I got to tell you this story because your a lot of your listeners don't know about this, and uh, they're working on a motion picture on my life because they said, Kreskin, it isn't just your career. The some of the crime cases, and believe me, I revere this gentleman I'm on with because. He knows the score. I don't know how you can go into police work today with the way no. you, you it's not that you have to deal with lawyers or mentally ill people. You have to do with something called politicians. Unbelievable. I'm sorry. Unbelievable. I'm sorry. I've lost my respect in this country. Totally. For them. I'm with and you. And my brother uh, and I, I'm, I'm very loyal and so forth. But how can you put up with this crap? And now they're going to when some cities are thinking of letting people out of jail because no, they no, own, no, not total with this new criminal reform. What the hell is there, this? They don't need Rikers Island because there's not going to be anybody criminals. No, they don't need it because they're going to have no prisoners in jail. It's so ridiculous. The New York City is going to turn into, remember the movie, The Warriors? Remember when they took over New York City? These gangs are going to take over. Cops are turning. They don't want to get involved because they get in trouble. You're on the money. I don't have to be a mentalist to tell you what the future is going to be. Let me tell you about 20 years ago. What happened here, and this is after uh, uh, Mayor Giuliani had cleaned up a lot of the city because there were a lot of porno things in yeah. the place. So anyway, uh, something happened to change maybe 15 years ago. And I'm walking down the street, and I, 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 I say hello to a lot of the police officers. And the policeman said, Kreskin, when you come into town, don't go down these two streets anymore. Now, this is 15, 18 years ago. I said, what do you mean? He said, they just closed uh, a couple of the mental places here in town like they have just in New Jersey called and the street's going to be flooded with them and it's not going to be safe. Well, guess what's happened in a certain area of New Jersey now because they're they're sleeping on the streets and what have you. And this is the way to make a a city safer. This is a very, I, I, I love, my family came from Poland and my family came from Sicily. But we can't have open doors. My mom's from Catania. My sister was born in Catania. my, My grandmother was a ship for royalty, and if you knew after Mass on Sundays, the meals we had because she just cooked. Anyway, it's, things have changed. Let me tell you st- what happened. I was in, I was five years old, and uh, uh, I didn't read, of course, then. So This is how you first yeah. felt something. Go ahead. Well, I mean, uh, so five years old. So uh, real quickly, uh, a c- cousin of mine in, in, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, we're visiting He's an older guy. He looks like a man, but he's just a teenager. Gives me a comic book. So I come back. And my mother used to read me the comics. You remember when you were five? Yeah, and I had the comic. The comic was Mendrake the Magician. Now, he really wasn't a magician. Lee Falk, who wrote him, 
He had hypnotic abilities, had telepathic abilities, he solved crimes and whatever. My mother's reading me the comic. When we were kids, we played cops and robbers. I didn't play uh, Superman or Catman. I played Mandrake when we were fighting crime and, I'm, huh. and so forth. Now, nine years old, and it's the major, major turning point of my life, one of the turning points. My teacher, uh, Miss Curtis, says, you know, you're not going out to play today. She says, raining outside. I'm going to, we're going to play a game. Jane Hamilton, go out in the hallway. So she leaves the classroom. There's about 30 of us, stands in the hallway. And she gives us a bean bag, cloth bean bag, and says, hide it somewhere. So we put it in someone's desk. And by, I just had dinner with Jane about six months ago. I hadn't seen her for years. So Jane comes back in and says, and, and Miss Curtis says, Jane, just walk around the room. If you're getting near it, they'll say you're getting warm. If you're not near it, you're cold. If you're real close, you're hot. So she's walking around, and she, we're, we find that you're getting hot, and she, that's by a desk that she's someone's sitting at. She reaches yeah. in, there's the beanbag. So I'm walking home and thinking, I would love to play this game. So my brother, who's three years younger, my mother's, at, my mother's shopping. I said, Joe, let's go over to Grandma and Grandpa's house. They built it. They were from Sicily. My grandfather was a construction guy. I said, here, hide the penny upstairs in Grandma's house. They would rent the downstairs to make, Henry meet, make ends meet. He calls me. I run upstairs. My grandmother did not speak English. I loved her dearly. Old-fashioned kitchen. I said, did you hide the penny? He said, yes. I'm walking around. I go through a draped opening. They didn't say you get warm or anything like that? No. Oh, okay. I forgot to tell them. Okay. I didn't say anything. Yeah. I walk into Michael's bedroom. He's at work. And I climb up on a stool, a chair, an old-fashioned wooden chair. And I found myself reaching behind a curtain rod. What was the feeling? What was the feeling? Something inside me was pushing me. And when I felt the penny, there it was. And I suddenly thought, oh, my God, I forgot to tell Joe to think about it. It got around what my mother, my grandmother being Italian, they must have thought so I had he the evil So he didn't even think no. about it. Well, father. he must have because my grandmother saw what happened. But they're in the kitchen. Yeah. And I found it. And, and my grandmother being from Italy must have thought I had the evil eye. <laughs> so it got around the family. Now, let me tell you, in, in fourth and sixth grade, Miss Curtis set aside on Fridays, show and tell. And almost every Friday, I got up to perform with my classmates and said, let me see if I can get your thoughts. One time it was in, 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 in when I was in sixth grade, I said, think of a movie you folks have seen. I remember pointing to Gloria Palmer. She was in the back of the glass next <laughs> to Judy Dunn. I said, Gloria, you're thinking of a movie? She said, yeah, you told us to. I said, it's, you didn't see it just now. She says, no, it was around the holidays, which was months ago. I named it's the movie. a wonderful life. I named the movie, and it was the exact movie she was thinking of. Oh. And by the time I was in seventh, eighth grade, I was doing private performances in ninth grade, a two-and-a-half-hour show in ninth grade for the whole school to raise funds. And I must tell you something, and listen to me, folks, because you touch people in your lives in ways you don't realize. When I finished school, and I was already performing professionally, I found out, that Miss Galloway, whom I had in fourth and sixth grade, quietly sent handwritten letters to teachers I had in seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth grade. And I found out from some of the teachers years later, the letters said, we don't understand the ability this young man has, but you must support him. Can you imagine a teacher going to that much trouble that I hadn't seen? For, I didn't see her till 15, 18 years later when she was in a special care home, and I thanked her. 
My life's been an adventure, Bo. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, but I mean, like even when, I mean, disability you have. So when you were taking a test, I mean, wouldn't you you get the answers easier than Carlo and I? No, because I'd have to ask someone. No, someone would have to concentrate on what have you. Ah, So it's all about the the person concentrating. You feel your your dynamic ability is, if he's thinking about... But if he's not thinking, I can't do anything. Ah. Now, when I went to to, uh, Seton Hall, where I got my degree in psychology, and the university awarded me with an honorary doctorate, but that's not the point. uh, One of the people who works at the Today Show says, Chris, I was in the classroom there. The, the head, the, my my teacher was the head of the psychology department by the first year at Seton Hall, and I was only going part time because it took me eight years. I'm performing everywhere, so my, the professor says, "Kreskin," uh, and this and this this guy from from the Today Show remembers it. He says, "Kreskin, I was in class when you were teaching class." He turned over seven weeks of classes to me to teach because he said. Your experiences in your career, you got to share what's happening. So you know, Carlo, you got to understand something. Kreskin was all over Vegas in the heyday. I mean, he was performing all over Los. They didn't have Atlantic City; wasn't really they're really geared up. And he would be be performing at all these big casino hotels in Vegas. And uh, did you ever do any introductions of your show prior to a very big performers? Uh, my, I did a series out of out of Canada that was on for five and a half years. Some years ago, it became the second highest rated program in the country because I went international. It was in Japan and England. Uh, one, two seasons, my schedule in doing the TV show was to fly, fly to London from Newark every Thursday and fly home every Tuesday. I wow, wanted to wow. spend some time home with my my world, which was the United States. But my life has been an adventure. I've done over a thousand university shows in this country. Carson, now I'll tell yeah, how you. How did st- you meet Johnny? How did that happen? Well, let me tell you. Before Johnny Carson, there was uh, Steve Allen, who was a wonderful. He was a he had taken over the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he, I got to know him. And I did a. I, I, I never appeared on national television. I was appearing in New York in the '60s and so forth. And finally, Steve Allen leaves the Tonight Show, goes to Los Angeles, where he's doing a late night show that all the college students are watching. And I'm a college student, but I'm traveling, and I see him. He, he had a great sense of humor. So anyway, Johnny Carson has taken over. So Steve Allen hears about me. I'm on New York TV or shows in New Jersey and so forth. He flies me out to L.A. and he says, you know, this young man has a gift. We're all interested in ESP. Would you welcome Kreskin? I did not have the name Amazing. Carson gave me that years later. Now, I had not met Carson. I walk on the show, talk about what just happened today, folks. And it happened today coming in here. Know it all I am? Sure, I don't know it all. I, I walk out. The lights in the 60s in television were blindingly hot. And around the camera are I don't know how many lights but Steve Allen is at the other end of the set, standing on a dais like everybody else. Does. I'm walking towards Steve Allen, and I'm looking at the camera, smiling, never realizing that I'm slowly blinding myself, which you don't look at a camera with bright lights endlessly. As I'm getting closer to Steve Allen, <laughs> I'm getting near the dais. The lights are blinding. I trip over the dais on national <laughs> television and fall flat on my face. <laughs> Steve Allen was not a wise guy type. He had tremendous humor. But he, he, he says, you all right, young man? I says, fine. And he gives me about 25 minutes of the program. 
A man came home early because Johnny Carson always recorded The Tonight Show, whether it was in L.A. or New York in the early days, uh, in the daytime. He's home with his wife, and he sees that Steve Allen has a mentalist on, so he's watching. And Steve Allen sees that incident, not falling over the thing, and eight weeks later creates on his show a character called Karnak the Magnificent. That was me. That you mean Karnak, Johnny Carson? Johnny Carson. Yeah. That Karnak that fell over the desk was me. Yeah. And the last show I'm doing with Carson, it was the 88th or whatever show, he did, had not announced he was leaving yet, but we knew it behind, and I didn't want to say anything. So I'm on. I said, Johnny, I want to thank you. All the years I've been on, and you kid about me when I'm not on and so forth. And I say, I say, you never let my audiences forget me. He says, oh, the mighty Karnak. And then people start to think, oh, that's what that character was. It just yeah. because of my falling over the desk. You don't remember. So you that can't... was how he used to, when he put his hat yeah, on, yeah, yeah. he would yeah, trip yeah. over the desk. Uh, yes. and, and Ed McMahon. And then uh, I could not figure out when I'm going on air flights, because I did uh, 105 shows with Merv Griffin, and I, the, the big show I did for years was the Mike Douglas show, and I did 118 shows more than any guest in history. But people start saying to me, hi, amazing, when they're coming up. Hi, amazing. My road manager, oh, I wonder why they're doing that. It turns out I didn't know this. Johnny had a routine. The day before I was on, or if I was going to be on Monday and it was Friday, he'd sit with Ed McMahon and say, Ed, Kriskin was on uh, about a month ago. He was only 85% amazing. And I would say, no, no, Johnny, it was 92%. <laughs> and they made a routine, and that's how I got the name Amazing. Wow. I could tell you a story. My life's been like an adventure, Bo. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, again, people are listening. Have you ever used the talent that you possess to, to gain monetarily? <laughs> Like, all of a sudden, think about what he's thinking about yeah. right now. Who's going to win the college football with Ohio State on Saturday? Yeah. I've, named the last, I've, named, I've named the last four elections. Uh, I will never. Did you pick Trump? I will never. Uh, yeah. I will never announce publicly elections. And I've said, and I've warned people in broadcasting and you in, in, in the industry in Hollywood, and you understand this, but anyone, you start naming things, they're going to say that I'm there to support the person. Yeah. And that's not what I'm doing. I, I work with audi my audiences are, are my equipment. I sometimes uh, next week I'm booked for a private affair for six people. Man's 80 years old. I, he's been a fan of mine. But my audience's Minnesota State Fair was like 10,000. Oregon was like 100,000. And Carnegie Hall was four balconies and so And I'm tuning in on the thoughts of the audience. So, I, so when it came to the last election, I didn't want to become involved. And I'll tell you why. Because you go on the Internet, you see pictures of me. I performed at Trump's home when this is before the election, before he was running for anything. And still here, Clinton, I'm in performing Washington a lot. And I said, it's going to be a messy election. Then it got true story. A day before the election, I thought, oh, hell, everybody is uh, everybody's saying who's going to win. It's Hillary Clinton. Let me just make a record of this. So a guy in New York has me. He puts it in his window. He has a clothing store for women. And he says, I'm going to have a guard there. They put a safe there. Give me the safe. I wrote out what I said, put in the safe. So what? Who gives a damn a day before? Day after the election, the, the, the uh, TV people picked me up, and they said, Kreskin, we're, we're, we're doing a nighttime show. I said, what, here on CBS? No, no, it's going to be, it's going to go on the Internet. I said, what are you talking? He says, don't you know about Fox? 
I said, what the hell are you talking about? People the past two days that are opening the window say, I saw you on Fox. I said, I've been on Fox for a month. I, I do a lot of news. He says, you don't know what they found? Go on my webpage, folks. You can see it at amazingcreskin.com. They found, and the station in Washington, D.C. called them one year before Election Day uh, for a 2016 election in 2015. I'm on the air in Fox, and it looks like I'm tired. I'm very deeply upset. A tragedy happened in my family regarding my brother, and he, he survived, what have you, but, and I didn't want to show it on the air. So you don't show things like that, but obviously I was preoccupied. And I'm sitting on the air with them, and we're talking about I'm appearing at this nightclub. This is what I'm doing in the show. And one of the gals said, oh, Kreskin, the election's one year, election day is one year from today. Who's going to win? I said, no, I don't want to talk about it. I've performed in this place so many times. It's going to be a noisy. I literally said Trump without saying Trump. And psychologists say I was probably so preoccupied that against my better judgment, so I literally said he was going to win without saying his name. And they had, they had one year earlier, I knew. You actually was, said Trump. It, well, I didn't say Trump. I said, no, he's, he's going to be very noisy. It's going to be one of those noisiest things. I performed in his place. Everybody knew it was. And people called me and said, you never announced ahead of time. Why did you say Trump? I swear to you, when they showed it to me the day after Election Day, the, the 2016, I have no memory of ever saying it, I swear to God, I have no but reason to play. But words came out Trump? It came out that he was going to win. Wow. I don't make, but I... I and that I, was when I, he didn't... I predict the last few, uh, last four, I've been, by the way, what's the what's the uh, web, the, the sports event that takes place internationally every year? At, at Super Bowl. The, Super I predicted the la I've been mentioned in the last six Super Bowls. Wow. Uh, they, 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 the, the sportscaster says... Well, we're here sitting in such a, you know, I'm not Christian. I can't tell you. you know, and then you should have seen during the last election, uh, the, uh, Bill O'Reilly was interviewing Trump. This is before the scam and all that, interviewing Trump and says, you know, Donald, you're not Christian. You can't read mine. Then on CNN, they had five of them. I, I've got copies of all this because I have a, I have a, uh, an agreement that if my name is mentioned in the United States, Canada, and England on any show, it's sent to me within a few hours. So I've got every week I get about a dozen mentions. But uh, this is before the election. Last one, they, they, they're interviewing this 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 person. We're talking about the election. And one of the gals says, you know, I don't understand this Donald Trump. He thinks he's the amazing Kreskin. <laughs> and they keep reading. Fortunately, I've not been said, accused of a terrorism thing or, <laughs> or, or committing any crime. It's just been in Uber. My, my, you know, Bo... I love my work. It's a passion. Well, you know, it's, it's blessed. It's something that you can't learn. It's no, just I blessed can't upon you. And, you know, and people it, think that, you know, they can become a mentalist. It's either not for real. It's in your, it's not. It's like anything. Is like. And, and you know, Bo, I, I'm I cannot, I cannot gamble. Uh, he mentioned I used, I used to love uh, uh, cards, uh, playing cards, and I used to love blackjack, but. I can't play anywhere in the West, in much of the world. Uh, not that I cheat, but poker I could not play anywhere because when I was in my teens, a man who managed me in Easton, the, the district attorney used to have me sit and play cards with three or four men for money. And then at the end, I'd say, that's it. He'd say, General, we're going to give you the money back. This, is, this young man has a gift. 
Turns out I find out years later that the sister could turn. I was playing with some of the members of the mafia. Thank God I gave him the money back <laughs> wow. and what have you. But anyway. Uh, well, you I, know, with, 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 but I gam- with gambling, I have friends that own casinos. I was a degenerate gambler uh, years you, ago. At one time, did you? Bowl? No, I was, not a, I was not a winner, obviously. Yeah. They don't build these hotels with winners. You just said some hotels. They gotta, I say this one of the best kept secrets. I say this to college students. Hotels were not built by winners. You guys right. that are leaving here to go into this for full time gambling that's but my 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 point was that uh, you know i know myself like if we used to go to atlantis and i had one friend that used to play three car uh, uh three car blackjack yeah, yeah. or poker no blackjack yeah and what would happen was he hit him for five million dollars four times each time they actually gave him his thing he says you're not welcome back and Thank that's God. it. Now, it wasn't that he was a mentalist. No, Some people player. are mathematicians. Oh, and he was a mathematician. I mean, and counting cards. But it shouldn't be illegal if you have that talent. No. You, you know, know but, they, yeah. but they have the they have the op they have the, 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 option, the yeah. option to say you can't gamble there anymore. In, in, a, in Aruba, I'm at this, this <laughs> nightclub for a few weeks and it's closing night. And I said to my road manager, you know, I haven't played blackjack for ages. I'm just going to go. And he says, you can't do that, Chris. You're going to get in trouble. I said, they only know me. the people that come or see me from the England, United States, Canada. The local people know, let's go to one of the other places right nearby. So we Such. go somewhere up. I put $37 on the table, just $37. I didn't play for large amounts of money. And it's around 11, 11.30 and what have you. One o'clock, he keeps coming in. My road manager had been dancing with these gals out there. And he's going, I said, get your goddamn expression normal. Just go out of here. So finally it's one o'clock. And I said, we have to leave at 3.30, go back to the hotel. Help me gather the chips. So we're gathering chips. And when you win, you don't always think. And we're dropping them on the floor. And he's helping put them on the table. We're leaving them there. And I cash them in. And I said, what am I going to do with a Ruben uh, uh, currency? I can't. So I go in the lobby. And I, Anybody speak English? A lot of people did. I said, I'll give you a large tip. Can you take me somewhere where I can convert this? Well, it's a long story. Taking somewhere. I got the money. I'm in my hotel room. I, I called this, this fellow from... From Florida, he booked me, and he's staying at the hotel because he's booked the whole season there. He says, "What are you calling? I know you're leaving at three thirty. He says, "Come into my room." He says, I'm, "I'm I'm in bed. Please come." Knock at the door, open it up. He's in his bathroom. He walks in and says, "What the hell did you do?" I said, "I just want you to see this. Help me fold these hundred dollar bills, and I want to put them on my pocket on on my jacket because if anybody opens a suitcase." I go through security, they're going to say, this doesn't look right, this kind of money. Turns out I had started with $37, but I won $22,400. Wow, wow. And I, <laughs> Chris, I got so, to By the way, a, uh... Bo, is it, Bo, folks, I'm, I'm going to suggest this later that I just have a quiet game of poker with Bo, but we won't talk. No, I'm kidding you, Bo. <laughs> uh, no, I, honestly, I, it's out of my system, the gambling Good. side of it. Good, Bo. Where I used to bet every college football professional – and the amounts of money were obscene because yeah, I was making sure. a lot of money. And, and now it doesn't even thrill me at all. I'd rather watch a football game where I'm not betting on it. I enjoy it. Let, and it, I, it's, I, I, people don't believe that you just can shut it off. But I just shut it off. And that's, that's I thank God because that, money is a yeah. lot more important to me yeah. now. And I've yes. been very fortunate to make a lot of money but piss a lot of money away. And now I'm in the position where I look upon money as being a lot more valuable as I get older. Than it was. Joe, I tell you, I tell this to university students because as hard as this is to believe, but it's true, some university students, uh, poker 
is, is played in some universities 24 hours. And they're not, not the same players, but they come in and out. Yeah, they have games all over uh, the place. Some of them are leaving universities to, to make a career of gambling. And I, 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 as I said something you said also, you've got to remember casinos were not built by winners. And the most skillful move, mm-hmm. and I will tell you this as a person who understands professional gambling, even though I do not have not for scores of years, one of the most skillful moves, if you are a successful professional, is to when to get your ass off the chair and leave. Mm. And most compulsive gamblers no, will never. You don't know what to say. I was when. some years ago in a, a, a playing in Atlantic City, and, uh, and well, that, were, the whole idea of how you get rated on your rooms, free shit, is the fact of playtime. Because they know if you play long enough, they're going to get you. So if you go there and you take a hit, you hit them for 50 grand or something, and you only play for a half an hour, you're not going to get any rooms. You're not going to get anything. They say, well, you didn't have enough play time. Because play time means win time for them. Very simple equation. Yeah. I tell you, I, uh, I was sitting at this table, and there were a couple of young guys playing. And, they're, uh, and, and then they come, they, they come, obviously, they went to the AT, got money and came back. And some of their friends came by. And I left the table. I said, put a hold here. And I went to the other. I said, who are these fellows? Well, they're friends of us from college. I said, they've been playing. They said, yeah, they've lost thousands of dollars. I said, where the hell are they getting the money? They were tapping into their college savings. I said, listen, you guys look at me. You find an excuse to take them home because they would have never left until they blew everything. And that's, yeah. that's it's terrible. Now, but as far as books that you've written, oh, that, how, how many books have you written? This is my uh, 19th book. I want you to 19 have, books yeah, you've I, written. Well, I've written 20 books. And, and this 21st book, it's my only copy because it's just. This looks out. like the movie I'm doing. I'm filming a movie in Jersey. Are you really? And it's about Edgar Allan Poe. What's the name of it called? Three Days Rising. Three Days Rising. And I play the, the, the detective that's investigating the murders. All right. And then I have a really horrible, horrible ending. A fucking werewolf rips me apart. I don't know if I like that. Oh. Bo, a strange factor of synchronicity because a movie has been worked on on my life story. As a uh, movie, not about. as a documentary, but as a movie in which because of some of the events and especially some of the crime events are dramatic. But I would like to sometime sit down with you privately because I think this need could use someone else's thinking. I, I'm thrilled about this. I mean, who... But I just... This is an, uh, my life is like synchronicity. Here I fall outside, and not because he caused it. Although I'm beginning to think that this man well, has you made, made me trip right yeah, here. That this, I'm wondering if this man has another gift that he gets back <laughs> in people. Because I want to. I bet you, if I interviewed thirty people, to have them say, you know, I fell just before. No, I'm joking. This, but I want to talk to you about that. But this book is. This is my uh, conversation with Chris. I just want you to keep, keep, I take the book. And by the way, oh, oh wow, you signed it to me. Very beautiful. Yeah, the re, the. Can I tell you this? And I, and I, in spite of the scandal in his life, uh, that the, the introduction was written by a gentleman who made Fox Television. Oh, my dear friend. Yeah, Roger, Roger and I was very, and I took a shit out. Listen to this, what happened. When everything I'm so glad you speak. I, I'm so was, glad you're saying this. I was a Fox News contributor for 12 years. I go back with Roger when we used to do CNBC. Oh, and I did go back when you did the Mike Douglas show. So when Roger took over Fox, he brought me in and uh, he made me a contributor. And I enjoyed doing O'Reilly, Hannity, good, uh, the, the kids in the sure, morning. Sure. Every one of the shows, Shep Smith, even oh, yeah. uh, 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 the Cavuto, 
I enjoyed doing them. When, yeah. So whenever it was a terrorist attack or a crime story. I remember you being on. And I'd be on all the time. I remember you. So now, fast forward, I decide to run for mayor because I hated this de Blasio so much. Oh. And then all of a sudden yeah. he puts his lawyers. They knock me off the line. I don't have any line. I try to be a Democrat. I was a lifelong Republican. They knock me out of all the rooms. That's a whole other story. So when I'm running... All of a sudden, they're very dirty. They're very, they look for things. And the next thing is this other creep, Gabriel Sherman, that worked for New York is, Magazine, yeah. puts out that I, because I'm a private investigator. Of course you are. But people well, don't understand. The business. We have a firm. We do litigation support. If there's an allegation, say if, uh, if Carlo was working for ABC here, and there's an allegation against him, sexual harassment, whatever, the firm then will hire a law firm to represent them. Next yeah. thing is they hire a private investigator. So this is my business. So of I course. was hired by, not by Fox, by Fox hired a law firm called Becker Epstein. We're hired in 2005 to represent and do a due diligence and investigation on the allegations against Bill O'Reilly. I don't hide this. This is my business. Yes. 34 years we're in business. Wow. So I do the investigation. So now fast forward, Gretchen Carlson thing who started the exposure. Yeah. So Diane Brandy came to me and said, Becca Epstein's going to get in contact. They want you to work on this case. So I says, okay, fine. Wow. My firm will work on it. Wow. So now it comes out that I'm doing, my firm is doing investigation. Now I decide to run for mayor and every time time a beau hates woman he's finding dirt on woman i'm not finding dirt on anybody i'm finding the truth and the facts that's people right. have a right to representation that's right you're do. not guilty because someone makes an allegation so i stuck up when roger got caught up in it they said oh well Bo did all his dirty black ops on the 70th floor all bullshit and i tried to defend myself yeah. and you know what chris I tried it if no one wanted to hear it. Well, Bo was developing dirt. I went right against the Murdoch's two sons. I said, this is a damn lie. The New York Post was is owned by Murdoch. They banned me from the New York Post, which I used to be in three times a week. And they, oh, Bo is this, Bo is that. Being unduly, and I won't let it go. As soon as yesterday, I told Carlo, we're going back at it. I, I'm not a guy that just gets punched. If I did, If I did something wrong, I'll take it on the chin. That's my business. And if I worked for Roger the, uh, doing surveillances for him, that's my business. I did it. I never, ever did anything like that. No, and it pisses me it. off. And Carlo says, leave it alone, my Carlo. I said, no, I'm not leaving it alone because I'm being unduly uh, blamed for something I didn't do. And then when Roger got sick... He was so sick in the last three years leading up. I used to knock on his door, go see him all the time when I was mm -hmm. doing the shows. Then for the last three years when this thing before it blew up, Roger was so physically not right. Obese, tired, his ankle, he had broken skydiving. Same as me, my left ankle, his left ankle. Did you ankle. hurt injure your ankle I too? broke my ankle, my leg, skydiving, just like Roger. Skydiving? Yeah, and that's how Roger did it. So now, let's follow this. I used to go see Roger. Leading up to this whole thing breaking, I could never see him. And he was, when I would see him, he couldn't even walk. So the sexually harassment allegation, you know what Roger used to do? He'd see a good looking chick. It's like an older guy, wow, you got great legs, thinking about where he used to be in his life. And if he was guilty of anything, he was guilty of complimenting women and dreaming probably when he was younger. 
he helped more people and did so many things for people. And it was just thrown into the garbage can. Hang Roger from the highest thing. When he died, there were 50 people in Palm Beach. And he and, and they had a funeral like he was a dog. You know, he was not a dog. And he helped so many people. You know, he, I want to tell you, uh, and uh, that was uh, because he and I. Became, and I stand up for him. Yeah. And I'm standing up for him today. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell anybody to yeah. their face. You, know, you want to know something? I knew nothing about if these allegations were true. I knew nothing. And factual either. also. Yeah. I knew nothing about it. And for you to condemn me, that's bullshit. You know, in the book there, he he wrote the introduction to me. And he said, uh, and he talks about how legitimate my work is. And he's. You know, he wasn't interested in, in con artists or anything like that. It was, it's, it's a very special introduction. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, uh, most, most of the people you see on, on Fox today, they, they all say that he had the wisdom to see what their talent was and they would be good as broadcasters. Right, and he, also, made, also, he brought them all up. And some were liberals, and he still, uh, one man that just said it on the air recently on, a, on one of the late night shows where a person started to see something uh, derogatory about Roger and the guy says, I want you to know about this man. He not only made Fox, but he put me, I, I can't think of the guy's name because I don't see it early in the daytime. He put me on the air, even though I was liberal, but he saw my ability to communicate. And I want to tell you something he did for me. And I, I say this openly. I'm on the, the Mike Douglas show. This is, this is after he had finished working for three presidents, yeah. three presidents. And I'm doing the Mike Douglas show and he's producing it and what have you. Uh, he told me a story the guy who's very ill now that, that, that worked on the Douglas show, he got finished college, Roger did, and this is at the guy's funeral, and Roger said, you can tell the story, Chris, whenever you want. So Roger did said... Did you go to his funeral? Not to Roger. Uh, the reason I didn't go to Roger's funeral... I never knew about it. I was uh, never notified. When his wife called me and his son called me that same day, two hours before, I was in Florida, which I could have easily gone to the funeral attending my brother's funeral. Oh, I'm sorry. So his wife said to me, Chris, oh, can you sorry. can't come. And it was so, but anyway. I would have been there if I knew about it. Yeah. I never knew. They, uh, she, Beth apologized oh, to me yeah. after. But I, yeah, I but didn't call had, you. I'm so sorry. Yeah, they but had I, so I, many things. Yeah, but you know. I, we're, 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 you know, we're cutting right to the point of the relationship with Roger Ailes. I mean, they have these shows as friggin' creep, lying bastard, Gabriel Sherman, lying bastard, puts in his movies and all that. Oh, Bo attended these meetings at Roger's house, black operation. Look at me. You're a man that reads people and listen. And I'm thinking right now, I never went to his house. I I never went to any block op. And to be accused of that, you know what? If I did it, they could kiss my ass, but I never did it. it, And and these Murdoch's sons don't have the courtesy, or the people running Fox don't have the courtesy to listen to the truth. All they want to do is they want to just perceive, because I'm a private investigator, right away, because you're a private investigator, slime. No, it's not slime. It's finding the damn truth, and that's what I do. And I don't care if you're innocent or guilty, we find the truth. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a whole, our, our world has changed considerably today. And, uh, you know, that, 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 by the way, turn over the car. Look what the guy did with it. Is that anything clever? <laughs> he, I told him to do it my name, that's, what you want. And he made, I know what you're and everybody in the, you see the K on it and so forth. By the way, I got I to gotta share this with you. What's the scary book here? It, and then we and I'm serious. I, I I want to be in touch with you to talk about the movie thing, but it's a book. I did the introduction to it, so this is not my 21st book. 
but uh, it's it's a book. This guy. Now I'm not into ghosts. I don't. I don't. Uh, uh, I have not seen ghosts, but I've done seances for the fun of it and what have you. And he, years ago, when he was in college. They brought me into a college. He said, would you go with me to a haunted house, Kreska? I went with me to a haunted house. <laughs> the first chapter is my experience with them because I held a seance there and some crazy things happened. So he's written a book about uh, strange things that have happened in, in, the, in the cities of the Quad Cities. So this book I can't leave because it's my only copy. No, that's and, I'm, and I'm guarding it because with this fellow here, I'm not saying it might disappear. Well, you don't know what I want to do. I know you it's live in Jersey. Ghosts know, of the Quad Cities. I know you live in Jersey. Uh, we're filming one for Monday, Tuesday, and Friday next week. Are then you? we're filming the following week. What I'm going to do is... Uh, Let me call. know the schedule. No, I want you to show up there. That'd be cool. I would like to. That would be really cool because you, you know me. what it would be cool about... People respect you very, very much, and mm-hmm. it would be cool. It's, to walk it's on an, would be a, great. It's an Edgar Allan Poe thing. I love Edgar Allan Poe. About the uh, guy turning into a werewolf. Did you read the whole yeah, script, so Colin? based on the fall, so of the, psycho. Of Usher, what, the fall of the House of Usher. The, that fall of the House of Usher? Yes. Yeah, so that's what it's based on. It's based on that one? Yes. Oh, it's one of, that's one of the great stories. Yep. I'm, a, I'm a tremendous uh, yeah, uh, that horror be, story. So, Colin, yeah. maybe you'll pop up. Maybe you'll meet Chris yeah, you let's, come out. Let's, let's we'll coordinate Would you have my... Call me ahead of time because of my crazy schedule. But we got There's it. only one damn thing I don't like, Carla. This werewolf kills me. I don't like to be killed by anybody. <laughs> so they tell me, Bo, you know, wardrobe. You say, I said, I got so many suits. Oh, well, you got an old suit. So I look, I had a suit that some tailor made me. I never liked. It was in my trunk, rolled up. So I draw it to the cleaners because they said it's going to be destroyed. So we're ready because they could get all the blood they want on it. I just can't believe they're going to kill me, Carlo. Who plays? What do you play? I in play, the, of course, I play a detective. You, but you play yourself? No, I don't play myself, but I play a detective. I was a New York City homicide detective. I played detective. Wolf, uh, the, the big movie I'm in is called... The Irishman. The Irishman. I have a is major role. Is a new role. movie coming out? Oh, yeah. It's with Pacino, De Niro. Major, oh, major role. But, but what we'll do with you that, let's just By talk. the way, I got I to say real quick, yeah. uh, 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 Tom Hanks did a movie uh, eight, nine years ago called The Great Buck Howard. And uh, everybody's calling me because you can now get it on Netflix and so forth. And they, you can watch it with your kids because John Malkovich plays me in the movie. Wow. And I got to dig it to you real quick. So, uh, and, and Tom Hanks is one of the n- nicest. You, oh, can't, yeah. say you, can you can't say this about everybody in the business. No. He's one of the nicest persons around. I hear that from everybody. So opening, night, opening on Broadway when the movie opened, Hanks is there and we're going down the carpet. And Hanks hugs me at the end and says, Kreskin. Thank you for letting my son play your road manager in the story. So anyway. Are you a friar? No, I'm not. But I've, I've, I've done things. How come you asked me? I just did a special event. Because it was in my mind. It was, I was thinking of that right now. I want to tell you something. Reading his thoughts would be a major miracle. <laughs> but anyway, I liked it. But anyway, so anyway, let me tell you the story. So, so Hank says, Chris, let me tell you the good and the bad part about making the movie. I, thought, I, I smiled, but I thought, that's not like Hanks. What do you mean, Tom? He says, well, the good part is that Malkovich watched days and days of videos of yours from all the television shows, your own series, your mannerisms, and so forth. I said, yeah, he has everything. But around me, he wouldn't. He said he was probably self-conscious around you. He was afraid that he wasn't doing justice. <laughs> he said, let me tell you the bad part. I said, what? He says, so help me God, Kreskin, for three days... 
Tom Malkovich is shaking hands with us for three or five minutes. Because that's his famous says, thing with shaking he, it. He wanted to get your handshake down. Yeah. We needed chiropractors at the end of three. That's what he, yeah. can you believe, when you see in the movie, he's got this well, handshake. Well, you know what? That's, but well, that's not affectation. That's the way, that's the way I meet when I meet people. What we're going to do is we're winding down right now. We only do an hour show because we like it to people. They, sure. they get used but to I it. I want to come back. But I, I would love you to come back. And I, I, we're going to follow through with this movie. More important is that what we do is when we round up at the end of our thing, we always say, call it the punk of the week. Me and Carlo developed this thing. And the punk something, of the week. The punk, it could be I'm a thing, a situation, or a person. Something that's bothering can I, you this week. Can I? Yes, please. What's bothering you? Besides falling on your hand, they're hurting your hand. Go ahead. It is not one person... It is a system that's becoming highly personalized because we're suffering today from one of the greatest problems. And I, I'm going to talk about this the next time we're on and before the, uh, before the end of the year because I make predictions at the end of the year. One of the greatest problems, and I predicted this in a book five years ago, one of the greatest problems this country will suffer from is mass communication that's instantaneous. Mm. It's becoming so instantaneous that young people up to age 30 are not hearing each other anymore. When they go out to dance and, and, and teachers say, we can't even mention this in colleges because we'll be, or in high school because we'll be fired. They're going to noisy places where the music is, 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 is disc jockey music very loud because they're uncomfortable in conversing. They're so used to instantaneous reactions that they're, they're, they, they can't seem to fulfill a lengthy conversation. A relationship. They really can't. By the way, and it's going, to get, it's going to get in the press, it's going to get in the, the, the I, I, I know from the researchers I've talked to, you're going to see the, 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 the details are right there. This is, this is mine. And, and I, I totally concur uh, with you. 30, up to age 30. Go to uh, up to age thirty. It, the one of the biggest problems now is that students up to age thirty have been considering have been considering suicide. And they're, and they're very prevalent. And it used to be 5%. Now it's now, 30%. go to any restaurant. You'll have a couple. Oh, you could. You could like this. They're, they're, they're that's at all the they're table. doing. They're like this. They're not even having any, Mo, any conversations. Mo, I was at a restaurant recently with producers in New Jersey. Totally and I'm, agree I'm with I'm you. talking about this. And they said, oh, my God, Chris, look, there were five or six students at another table. And they weren't even talking. talking. To each other. They're looking at this. We're losing. And my concern wow. is... Thanks, he is to a the, thanks to the noise. That is probably the most serious It is one of the most serious things society. we can have. Wow. We got from the amazing Kreskin gave me something today that I totally agree with, but you said this is going to be the biggest problem. And if our wow. politicians and our teachers and our communicators don't understand this and start communicating in a personal way Dating with apps. individuals. Perfect. Dating apps. You don't even know what you're talking to, who you're talking well, to. Well, I've I've been quoted all over the world in this saying, and I'm, and I'm proud of this even though I hate the saying. You show me someone who has 200 friends on the Internet, and I will show you a very lonely person. Wow. Right. Wow. Let's leave that at that. Right. Well, Carla, what's your thing that's bothering you today? Well, I was going to say the woman that jumped into the lion cage at the Bronx Zoo. They finally caught her. Can you believe that? I think that's crazy. Oh, that's all we got to think about. Come on, Carl. You got to get a little more in-depth. Well, I, yeah, I wanted to get a more in-depth one, but that, that I saw in the paper today. Well, my thing that's pissing me off is this frigger 
I named him Big Bird. Mayor de Blasio oh, Big Bird. What's pissing me off, my ex-partner that I came on the force with is a guy named who? Uh, ben Tucker. Benjamin Tucker, first deputy commissioner, law degree, African-American, wow. put his whole life into the wow. job, came on the force with me. Sure. And they passed over him for an Irish guy 50 years old, which they had another Irish guy 50 years old. You're supposed to have a diverse police department, diverse city. Why not have a representation from an African-American as the police commission? And even the number two, this way when these creeps are out there putting uh, graffiti on police cars, throwing garbage on cops, at least they can step up and say, we ain't playing that game. You do that with the police, we're going to lock you up. Right. And, you, and look, it, I'm the right. same color as you, and I'm going to lock you up. That's my beef. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, listen to me. Well, I like you say, I what's love, your real first name? There, there really is no real first no, name. No, no, what were you born with? It was born with the name George, but no one calls me George at all. If you want to be highly personal, you call me the. No, never. <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you what my family, my relatives, everybody. What do they know, call you? And my brother, they all call me Kreskin because they know that since my childhood, well, this I has like been my Kreskin. life. <laughs> Well, but, I, Chris but, I, could, but I want to tell you something. Yeah. You are an absolute joy to work with. And I, I have such respect for the work you did have done in law enforcement through the years. Well, you know what? You can, you can look deep into my head. Right now what I'm thinking about, I'm one of the luckiest guys in the world. Because what my life has gone through, I got this energy. And if for some You're reason, like he'll tell you something about me. I don't know. I think faster than anybody. I just think very quickly. But I also worry about things, too. Oh, I worry yeah. about the, the future and all yes, that. Yes. But my point is, for some reason, it's just a quickness that I'm very... I'm going to be 69 if I make December 4th, the coming up. But it's just a quickness when I think all the time. And he'll tell you, I'm involved in more things, I and know. I'm not afraid to take anything yeah. on. Well, yeah, and wait. it's a great thing. Everyone says about retiring. I can't retire. No, you, want to, you want to get something done, go to someone who's busy, because they'll learn to do that. And by the way, and I also want to I say this to students, I said this, this entitlement crap, listen, just listen to my voice. I've read over a 1,000 yeah. biographies. The most successful people in history are those who've learned to benefit from their failures. Well, here. You learn from failures more than successes. One of the important successes. things is Carlo came to me. And Carlo came to me for a job and all that. And at first I was like, I had female assistants and all that. Sure. He's not an assistant. He's just my chief of staff. I said, what you're getting out of me, working with me, you can't learn in college. You can't. can't and you can't everything possibly. I'm doing, he's learning. For his future, whatever he develops and where he wants to do, all that crap that he's seen from me, he's learning that. Let me tell you And something. if he learns it right, you could do anything you want. You could do anything you want. Don't ever top off yourself. Strive for That's the stars. Right. And you oh, get it. Right. But learn the foundation. Get the foundation. Yeah. My foundations were... One, I only misunderstood my father, born in Germany, beating the living shit out of me every day with a belt buckle. But I was growing up with Gotti, Scope, all the gangsters. And all oh, my over. God. I had to be home at 9 o'clock when they were doing hijack. I never realized what he beat into me. Yeah. And that relationship, one, you don't steal. Number two, you respect. 
And you have to be honest with people. He taught me that. And then that I used that in the police department. I was an iron worker in the World Trade Center, a laborer. Everything I did, I worked hard, hard work ethics. That's a foundation. And, it learned. and you could go anywhere with that. Bubble. Education-wise, I didn't have the money to go to college. I wish I could use some of these big words. These my but you didn't need to go to college. Very limited. Very Bo, limited. Bo, let me tell you something. And not everybody has this blessing. Ailes said, said to me when he left college, he went to this uh, in, in Cleveland or wherever it was, they were going to produce this local show called The Mike Douglas Show. I didn't expect it to go anywhere, what have you. Goes up to the producer and says, I'd like to work for you. I'd like to work on the show. And the producer says, what's your experience, Mr. Ailes? He says, well, I, I, I did produce TV shows in college. I did radio shows, did broadcast on and on. And the guy says, you haven't had one goddamn piece of practical experience. Get out of here. Go to a local station. Learn. Start. And the guy says, no, no, I, I want to work with you. And he says, no, I do. I will not hire you. I don't want you I, because you, that's not practical experience. So Ailes kept begging him. And he says, young man, <clears throat> I'll hire you. I'll pay you $45 cash. A week, and Ailes said and made it. That was the wisest decision he had ever made in his life. He learned from standing behind a camera, from holding a cord, delivering mail. Every he aspect. learned how everybody in the business thought you can't get that at a university. No. You cannot learn that. No, no, that has to know, be hard and, you know, and no free uh, school and all this. Yeah, shows. yeah, yeah. Well, listen, it's been amazing uh-huh. your appearance, Mister Kreskin. Just Kreskin. And I'll tell you what: how can people get to you? We have a lot of lessons. How can they yeah. reach out to you yeah. for learn more yeah. about your dynamic well, life? Amazingcreskin.com, T-A, amazingcreskin.com. That's where all the bookings are. That's where all the things about me are. And you can see a whole background and what have you. But just go to T-A, amazingcreskin.com. And by the way, I'm looking forward to, to seeing Bo again. Why don't we get him on towards the end of the year? Oh, I'll so come we on. Can get sure. one of, what yeah. we'll do is we'll get our prediction oh, with the amazing Kreskin. But if I... If it's all right with you folks, I don't drink, but if next time I come on, if I could get a tranquilizer. I'm only joking. You know, you know, Bo, can I say something? If we can't continue to learn to laugh at ourselves in this no. day and age, we're in trouble. This country is in gigantic That's it. We Because when I was a kid. Political correctness sucks, uh, and it's, it's gone so over the top. But, but when I was a kid, and we didn't have television, I remember going to a, a, a movie theater across the street from where I lived, watching the newsreels and, and on Saturdays and, and, and so forth. And there's the newsreels, and there's uh, the Second World War, there's President Roosevelt. You can see he's laughing because Bob Hope was mocking everything around him. Yeah. If we can't mock things and laugh, then we are in tremendous trouble. Okay, Carl, take right. it away. Thank you How very you much to the amazing Kreskin for being here. Really a showbiz legend and learned a lot and Thank heard you. some really great Thank stories. You. You, you can find us on social media. We're at One Tough Podcast on Twitter. Bo's at Bo Deedle on Twitter and at The Real Bo Deedle on Instagram. You can find us at wabcradio.com. And you can also send us any emails, suggestions, comments, questions, anything you'd like to one tough podcast at gmail.com. Got a bunch of great guests lined up for the next month. And, and let's we'll bring going. my man Kreskin back by the end of the I year. We'll have a big predictations, <laughs> all right? 100%. And all I want to do is I want people to listen. And if you have any ideas of any questions you want, send, send it to Carlo. And then we'll ask we'll the amazing it. Kreskin what he feels about that. 
I, uh, I understand my claims of this. And we're not taking any no. bull crap about no, no. who the winner of the Super no, no, Bowl is no, going to no. be. And by the way, folks, listen <laughs> to me. I, I, don't make, I, I know very little about most things and next to nothing about everything else. <laughs> but I learn a lot from my audiences. I listen to them mm. in ways that you have no idea, and I learn. Thank because you. We, thank you again. God thank you, Mr. Kresge. Right. Thank you. <laughs> we'll see thank you soon. You. All right. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.